0: All right, well, it's good to be in the Word this morning and a familiar text to many of us, um, so familiar that, that this verse, John three sixteen, these 25 words, many of us in here, when, when Austin were reading it, we, we know it, we have it maybe memorized, and we, we see it in different places, don't we? We see it in sporting events. Uh, sometimes we see it in baseball games at the back, right, um, behind the catcher. Uh, sometimes we see it uh, in football games, most familiar behind the goalpost. Uh, it's been, and then we've seen it on Tim Tebow quite a bit, right? And especially under his eyes, right? And so we, we, we see it often. Um, like I said, Jesus spoke this some 2,000 years ago, and this verse is still relevant, it's still needed, and it's still vitally important. And so this morning what I would like to do is just walk through these 25 words. We're not gonna walk word for word, namely, but we're gonna look at eight of them this morning, eight of the words here in this text, and look at them closely and and what they mean. And so um, I don't know about you guys, but when I go on a trip, Um, I will take my luggage, I'll take my bag, usually I have a bag like this, and first thing I do when I get in the hotel room, I I put the bag down, maybe on the bed, and I start unpacking things. And I put them in the dresser and the drawers, I I hang things up, I make myself at home. It doesn't matter if it's one night, or if it's three or four nights, or whatever it may be. And, And my wife is completely different. In fact, she laughs at me. She's like, what? Every time she's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, man, I'm getting settled, you know? And, and she, she loves to keep her things the way she had them in her suitcase, right? And, and so, but, then I just don't, I, I like to get unpacked because, man, we're going to be here for a few days. And some of us are a little bit different uh, on that. But what I'd like to do this morning is kind of unpack this verse for you, um, visually, uh, as we look at this text. And so if we could just do this this morning, one word at a time with eight words that we're gonna pick from this. And the, and the first word is just real simply, it's God, right? It's God. Um, and, and, and who is God? That's a big question this morning. But that's where the verse starts, for God, for God. And so when we think of God this morning, he is the all-powerful creator. He's the sovereign sustainer. He is the righteous one. He is truth, the Bible says. Uh, he knows all things. He is all powerful. He is strong. He is mighty. He's a big and mighty God. We sing that, right? Our God is so big. Our God is so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do, right? God is right in all that he does. There's nothing wrong that God does. He is righteous. He is righteous. He's everywhere at all times, right? Which blows us away to think about that. But that is our God. God is a God of love. He loves. But he also, on the other side, we don't think about this a lot, he is a God who hates, right? He hates things that oppose him. He hates things that oppose that which is good and right. He has wrath toward those things. He righteously is angry at those things. That is who God is. And we can unpack who God is over weeks and months and and years on who he is. But he thinks, he feels, he is personal. And all of us in here, the Bible tells us that we were made by God. We were made by him to enjoy him forever and to have a relationship with him and to honor him with all that we are, to love him with our heart, soul, and soul. In mind and strength, we're to do that. But we fail in that. We fail in honoring God. That, what, that is what makes John three sixteen so important, so important. And so first we have the word God. We, we've gotta know who is God, who is this one that Jesus is speaking of? And he says here, for God so loved, and we're gonna get back to the word loved because that's, that's a pretty big deal, okay? But what did he love? What, what did God love? And what we have right here is the world, right? God loved the world. I love this globe. It's, it sits on my oldest son's desk, and I'll never forget it. Um, my son got this before he was even born uh, at a, a baby shower uh, from the mission pastor at the church we were at at the time um, and he got this, and it was just a gift to say, hey, we, we, we want Noah to remember that God made the world, that he loved the world, and he wants, um, he wants Noah to go to the world and let the world know that. And so this is significant. It sits in his, his room, and that's who God loves. God loves the world. And so when we think of the world, all right, how, how does the Bible speak of the world? Well, John speaks of the world this, uh, world this way. In John 7, 7, the same book where we find John three sixteen Jesus is actually talking to his earthly brothers. And he says this about the world. He says, the world cannot hate you, as he's talking to his earthly bros. But he says, but it hates me, Jesus speaking of himself, because I testify of it that it, its deeds are evil. That's how the the Apostle John sees the world, how, how Jesus spoke of the world, that it is fallen, that it's needing salvation. It's in opposition to Jesus. And so when we think of the world, every nook and cranny of it, all the different ethnic groups and nations of fallen people across the world. In this verse, as we think about John three sixteen this morning, the world is the countless number of perishing people that the who, whoever uh, come from, okay? And, and God loves the world. He, he loves every nook and cranny of the world. That's big, that's big. And so God, for, uh, God so loved the world, and what's the next part? That he gave. That's a big word. That he gave. And so that's the next word we're going to unpack this morning is that God gave, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. When we think of, uh, of, of the fact that God gave to the, to, um, the world, he gave the world something, um, we think of a gift, right? We think of God giving a gift. And so I want you th- to think of it most definitely in that way, that God gave from heaven, And that's who God is. He he is a very giving God, very much so. But but what does giving mean in the sense of John 3.16? That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, his only begotten son. And so he gave, but what is that giving? It's really sending, right? It's sending. In in giving, he he sent Jesus. The Bible tells us in John 3.17, right after John 3:16 for God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him through Jesus that's why God gave his son he he sent him so that the world might be saved through him so God the father is sending his son on a mission from heaven to do what We know that. John 10, 17 tells us, For this reason the Father loves me, Jesus says, because I lay my life down so that I may take it again. Right? Jesus speaking of his own death and his resurrection that will follow that. And so the climax of this sending, this this mission, is that Jesus would lay his life down. And so the giving here that Jesus is speaking of, that God the Father is doing, is he's sending his Son on a mission on a mission to die. And so I want to give you just a quick pi- picture of what that mission looks like, all right? Um, I need my son Pierce, all right? I caught him, I think, talking, all Right, Come here, buddy. All right, man. I told you you were coming up. Fix your hair. There you go. Come on, buddy. This is Pierce, my youngest son, who I love greatly. Um, so this is what God's mission looks like and so come here man there's something I got to tell you all right you, you don't know this but dad has a lot of enemies right he has a lot of enemies they're not in this room these people like me and love me right especially when I preach like when I start getting past that 40 minute mark they get so excited they can't wait they can't wait so um but dad has some enemies okay in, in the world, and so, yeah, even though maybe you can't see them right now, they're, they're in the world, okay? Um, and so, here's what I need you to go do, all right? I need you to go die for them. Okay. <laughs> now, here's the deal. He had no clue that I was going to bring him up and share this with him this morning. <laughs> so, 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 I have enemies that are against me, and I need you to go die in their place, okay. W- will you go do that? No. <laughs> okay, man, that's straight up honest, right? That's straight up. That's good. But I want you to think about that real quick. All right. Um. We'll talk later about all this. Uh, and and so and he will. You'll probably razz me, but um. But that's and that's what the father did, didn't he? With the son. And, and the son willingly, right, said, yes, I will go and lay my life down, Father, for your enemies who oppose you, who are against you, and I will lay my life down for them. I will take their place, and I will die on a cross for them. Isn't that amazing? And that's what Jesus did. That, that's what God did, and that's what John 3.16 is is saying, is saying, right? You can go sit down, buddy. Thanks, man. You're awesome. Thanks, bud. Yeah. And he did that so those enemies of his could have eternal life. And so you and I, if you think about it, we were God's enemies, right? We were God's enemies opposing him, opposing his son that God sent Jesus for, and Jesus takes our place. He takes the punishment of our sin. And so when you think about this giving, this sending that, the, that God the Father did of Jesus, that's what it looks like. The Father sent Jesus to die for his own enemies, that he would take their place and punishment for their sin. That's why John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus, in John 1, 29, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is what God the Father gave and sent for Jesus to do. And so that's the word gave. The other word, the fourth one, is the word son. And so as we unpack this verse continually, it's the word son. And so for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, right, his unique son his one of a kind son meaning that there's none like his son and so what do we know about the son the son here is god's son he is jesus and john tells us about that in john 1:1 1, 1, the bible tells us that in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god and so the word Literally meaning the revelation of God, God being revealed has always existed and, and never came to being. He has always been, according to John one one, the Word is with God. Therefore, Him and the Father are distinct, right? And He is speaking of the Word God, and that's who the Son of God is. Now, how do we know this? Right? If we just look at John one one, might be a little confused, but if we read down a little further. In John 1, 14, the Bible says the Word became flesh. And so this revelation of God, God's Son, became flesh. He took on flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glories of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we learn more about the Son. He became flesh. He dwelt among us. This is who Jesus is. He's God's Son. He's always existed with God the Father. And Jesus is fully God. The Father is fully God, the Holy Spirit too, and together they are one, one essence but three persons. And so the Son is Jesus, the one speaking these 25 words. He is the only begotten, meaning he is unique. There's only one like him. He's one of a kind, and that's who Jesus is, and that's who the Son is. And so it says the Father, God the Father, so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. His one and only Son. And then it says this that whoever does this, this is a big word in this passage, that whoever believes, right? The word believe, whoever believes in Him. And we'll talk about the rest of it in a second, but believe, what does believe mean? It's significant in this verse because not everyone will benefit from what Jesus came to do, not everyone will. But those who believe, they will. They will receive the gift of eternal life that this verse promises. But those who do not believe, instead, will receive the other part of what this verse speaks of. They will perish and so what does it mean to believe? What does this word believe mean? It means to embrace something as true. And when you're speaking of a person, as we are here, that you're believing in God's Son, you're believing in Jesus, it means to trust them to be who they are. It means to trust and do what they say. And so it means to believe who Jesus is. Listen to how John put it um, in John 1, 11 through 12, it says that he came to his own, speaking about Jesus coming to the Jews, and those who were his own did not receive him. So that's an interesting word, receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And so according to John's idea of believing, to believe is to receive. To believe is to receive Jesus. Now, receive him as what? It means to receive him for who he is. And so think about it a different way. Um, In John 6, 35, remember what Jesus says? He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. And so we believe Jesus to be our food and our drink. And what does that really mean? Well, it means that that he came, not not physically to be food and drink, but but literally to to satisfy the yearning and the longing of our soul. That's what Jesus came to do. And so when we believe, we're saying this, that Jesus satisfies my soul. He he is what I ultimately need in this life. And then it's kind of like this as well in Matthew 13. Jesus, in a parable, spoke this in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And so you, you believe Jesus to be your treasure. And you receive him as that. That, that he is ultimately right, the, the greatest of all goods. And, and that you prize him over everything else. And so you receive him as your, your treasure. You believe him to be that. And so when we think of this idea of believing, that's what believing means. Is we're receiving Jesus for who he is. And this is what he means to mean. We believe in him. We receive him as Savior, as Lord, as our God, our treasure, the very one who satisfies the depths of our soul. And so to believe is to receive Jesus. And so the big question in here that this verse brings to light is, do we believe? Do we believe in Jesus? Who do we believe him to be? Who do we believe him to be? And then the verse comes to kind of a climax here with with two polar opposite thoughts and ideas that really start to press in on us. Because when you think about it, it says, for God so loved the world. We get all excited about that, all right? That he gave his one and only son. Man, that's awesome. And whosoever believes in him, they shall not perish but have eternal life. And so there's two things as this verse speaks of, perishing and life. And so as we unpack that, this first word, perish, right? We, we don't think about this maybe too often. There's some things that perish around us, right? Uh, Bananas that rotten, they perish. Fruit that, that, that perish, right? But people perish. People die, right? But this perishing is even, moves a little bit beyond that. And so what does this word mean? It's the alternative to eternal life that the verse ends with. But John three thirty six kind of gives us an idea of what this perishing means. Listen to what it says. It says, he who believes in the Son... Jesus has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, okay? So what is perishing? It's not living, right? It's the opposite of life. It's not living. But the wrath of God, John three thirty six says, abides on him. And so perishing is this, it's the wrath of God remaining on those who do not believe now and forever. So so it's a state of people now, those who don't believe. In the world, those those who, who oppose God, those who oppose Jesus, who don't believe in Him, the wrath of God is on them now. They're perishing now. And they will perish forever if they do not believe. And so perishing is God really opposing those with his righteous wrath forever, okay? That's what perishing is. And and so those who don't believe, they will perish forever. And then the last word, right? We've really got two, but the last word of the actual verse, right? It's life, right? Life. The opposite of perishing the word is life, right? We get excited about that. We love life. We love the idea of living. We love living things. We, we love this idea of eternal life, all right? And so what do we know about this word life? Because it's significant in this text. Everybody exists forever. We know that. But not everybody has eternal life. And so this life is, is that we are born again, right? In the context here, as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, it's the idea of being born again. It's having spiritual life because outside of Jesus, before we we know Jesus, we are spiritually dead, the Bible says, because all have sinned, all fall short of the glory of God, and we are spiritually dead. And so eternal life is having spiritual life. And this is how it's spoken of. John says in John six sixty it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. That's, that's a key phrase, by the way, just for life, period. <laughs> the Spirit gives life. The words that I have spoken to you, Jesus says, are spirit and are life. And so the Holy Spirit gives life. And then 1 John 5, 11, the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. And so this life that this verse is speaking of, eternal life, is only found in Jesus Christ in believing in him. It's the only place it is found. It's the only way we can have it is through Jesus. And so when we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit unites us to Christ in whom is eternal life. In an instant, we're born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus. We believe and we're united with the Son of God and we have Jesus' life forever. And listen to the kind of life that Jesus has and gives. In John eleven, twenty-five 25 through 26, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection of the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And Jesus says, do you believe this? Do you believe that? This life God gives in Jesus exists Forever and is only found in him. And so the one word that we didn't get to, that we skipped over, is a big word, right? For God so loved, right? For God so loved. That God loved us. He loves all human beings. That's what this verse says. He loves everyone, right? This is a, definitely a universal Love in this verse that it's speaking of. God's love is so great, as we see in this text, that it moved him to give, to send Jesus to die for the world. And guess what his love does that is spoken of in this verse? It opens up for us a real door. It opens up a door to the world so that anyone who believes may have eternal life. And so that's the effect of his love that this verse speaks of. His love is spoken to, it's promised to, it's applied to everyone without exception. It does not discriminate, okay? We live in a world where, where, man, we see where, where love is given to some but not to others. Others are treated this way, others are treated another way, but God's love, okay, it does not discriminate. Therefore, we can say from this text that God loves every human being. John 3.16 is how he has loved them. It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift to the world, this love. The free offer of eternal life that, that goes out to everyone. The message that if you believe in this, you will be saved. Your your sins will be forgiven. I mean, the amazing message that the Father says to the Son, go die for our enemies so that their wrath will be removed. Eternal joy will be theirs forever instead if you believe. That's the message of love the world is having communicated to them. Now, what's interesting, if, if we peel back the layers of this love a little bit, we look at the depth of this love, there's, there's another love of God that goes beyond this offering and is created in the heart of those who believe. You see, because those who respond to this verse and who, who believe, right, they experience the love of God for themselves firsthand. And here's what happens. I, I love this idea, right? I'm a big fan of the, yeah, these little finger things, right? But I love this thought, right? I love this thought. Um, this verse communicates something to the world, but when we believe, I, I want you to know this, but you become God's number one. Did you know that? When you believe, you become God's number one. You do. You do. That, that's how much he loves you. And I think sometimes we, we struggle with that. I, I know I do, right? There are days, man, I wake up, I, I struggle with that. Does, does God really love me like that? Does God really think of me like that? God wants you to know, those who have believed in him, that you are loved. You are his number one. Not only with universal love, but a love undeserving that conquered death for you, that removed your hard heart, that took away your rebellion, that helped you to see Jesus and your need for him, that gave you faith and a personal relationship with him. That's the type of love, right, that God has for those who believe in him. And you're his number one. You are. And so when you think about this verse, right, as we unpack it this morning, I I want you to think about it with those eight words in mind, they're vital, all right? For God, right, who he is. He so loved the world that he gave, he sent, his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. That if you would believe in him, you would not perish, but have eternal life. I love D.L. Moody. Um, he says this as we close today, and I want you to think about this. He says, written on the outside of the gate of heaven are the words, whosoever will come. Right? That's the invitation. That's what John 3.16 is communicating to the world. Whosoever will come. Moody says this on the other side of the gate, which you can read from the inside. Moody says, "Is written this, chosen, before the foundation of the world. Chosen before the foundation of the world. What a beautiful picture of the love of God. Today, you may be here and you may be like, you know what, I, I've, I've heard this verse. I know this verse. I get it. Everything that, that was shared, I, I get it. But, but let me ask you this. H- have, you ever, have you ever truly believed and trusted in Jesus as your Savior is he truly bread of life to you? Is he, he truly that which you're thirsting for and has quenched your thirst? Is he truly that? Is he truly your treasure? Do you believe that? Have you received him just as John talks about? Have you received him? Today, if you haven't, and it would be a great day to do it. It would be an awesome day to do it. To say, you know what, I, I believe in Jesus. I, I receive him for who he is and for what he's done for me, and I want to follow him. I want to follow him, right? Well, just a bit, we're going to come to a time of communion, and, and man, you're there. You're like, you know what, I, I, I need to do that. I need to put a stake in the ground and, 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 and know that, hey, I believe in Jesus, we're going to have uh, an elder and his wife over here in the corner. I'll, I'll be up here as well. And, and just in our time of communion, man, if you're there and you're like, you know what, I, I need to make this today day where, where I mark, hey, you know what, my belief in receiving of Jesus as my Lord and Savior, then, man, I, I'd, I'd encourage you to do that. i encourage you to do that. And just go up to them and say, hey, I'd, I'd love to do that. And, and can, you, can you pray with me and, and can, can we talk about that? We'd love to do that. Um, for the rest of us in here, who, who, man, you know, you believe. You know it, right? You're there. Um, be reminded, right? Be reminded of, of the greatness and the relevancy of this verse every day of how much God loves you and what he did for you. May we never forget. May we never forget. Let me pray.